Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No! Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. On weei.com. Welcome back, Mike Giardi, NFL Network. Uh, this is our free agency podcast, preview next week's stuff. But first, we should talk about Trent Brown being traded to the Patriots. We'll start with Giardi. What are your thoughts? Um, not really something I expected. I didn't expect offensive line, at least externally, was going to be something that they addressed between what they have in-house and uh, some of the development of the young players last year. I thought they were in a pretty good spot there. So I guess my overriding view of that now to me is I think it gives them some options and not just positional flexibility, like the idea of maybe kicking Isaiah Wynn inside, but also as part of a trade package. You know, Marcus Cannon at 95 doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Now, if he talks that number down, maybe he's your right tackle, Trent's your left tackle. What do you do with Isaiah Wynn? You know, you got to decide whether you want to pick up his 50-year option by whatever it is, May the 2nd or something like that. Maybe that's not something you want to do because he hasn't been able to stay on the field. And so maybe when you're looking to, I don't know, acquire a quarterback via trade from San Francisco, um, San Francisco could use some line help, some questions about whether or not Trent Williams ends up back there. Maybe that's something that you use as a sweetener in the pot. I don't know. I just think it, 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 it surprised me that they made that move. And now that I look at it, I say, all right, well, now they're dealing even further from a position of strength and they can maybe do something with that extra piece. Yeah, I love the move. Um, I, I think it adds versatility, depth. It, it gives them options to move guys around. We know when his history, if he's out, you know, I, I just think it's a, it's a no-brainer even – financially, if you start to play like a shell game with the money and say, okay, Joe Tooney's gone. So that I, I, that was 15 million or 14 and change I had last year. I slide Trent Brown into that slot. Well, I'm plus three there. And then I cut Marcus Cannon, or maybe I trade Marcus Cannon. That gives me seven. Seven plus three is 10. 10 could sign David Andrews and boom, all the math works out. And I get an offensive line that I feel pretty good about. Yep. So I like that idea. I also like the idea that he's a massive human being who moves people. And worst case scenario, you keep throwing, by the way. I noticed that was like in three sentences, you threw the, the Jimmy trade in there, the San Francisco idea. Well, you that's just everybody's obsessed with the Jimmy trade. Like, and it, all of a sudden, it's become like the thing. Like, haven't we been talking about Jimmy since, well, probably since he left. But yeah. in particular, yeah. since, since San Francisco beat the holy crap out of you. Yes, but whether it's Jimmy or worst, best case scenario, Jimmy, or much worst case scenario, if you can run the ball, if you have a dominant or really good offensive line with Damian Harris and Sony Michelle, which we've talked ourselves into, they're a nice one-two punch. I'd prefer they were an actual one-two punch on the field and not, well, one's available, the other isn't. One's available, the other isn't. But whatever, let's be optimistic. It's March, it's time for optimism. You can run the ball, right? If you line up, Shaq Mason at right guard and Trent Brown at right tackle. Let's go with that lineup. You can run right, whether it's Cam Newton, Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever the hell you have rest on the field. And that's a basis for a team that has to figure out a way to skin the offensive cat. And it's not going to be get a quarterback who's great and drop back 40 times, right? Can we all agree that that's not? So whatever the plan is, I like a plan that has Trent Brown in a place where he was comfortable. Although I do ask the question, do you think he's aware Dante Skarnecki is not the offensive line coach anymore? <laughs> I think he found out yesterday. I think maybe yeah. he agreed to the trade or knew he was trading. And, uh, oh, Scar, where are you? 
Right. Like, well, if, he, if he's thinking that, does he know that Tom Brady's no longer around here? <laughs> okay. That's a little more flashier of a storyline. But because you remember, he and Scar kind of butted heads early on his technique. There was like a hands thing, low hands, high hands. I don't even, I'm no O line expert. I'll leave that to guys like Giardi. But uh, they had a little thing and then it worked and it was great and everything. He's on a one-year deal, so theoretically, if he ever wants to get paid again, he's in the same spot he was the first time, so maybe he's a little more motivated. Maybe he's not, no disrespect, but fat and happy like he was in Oakland with lots of money. I don't, I don't see the downside. Your boy Curran was a little bit down on it, like it didn't move his needle. I, I mean, as far as a team that – his needle. <laughs> I didn't say his needle blank. I said his needle. Um, but as far as off-seasons go, for a team that has a lot – like. You didn't do any. You didn't give anything up, right? You made a deal, right. like, and as I said, the money works out. I love it. Love it. Well, I like the fact that they were aggressive. Like they didn't wait for him to get released. They went out and they saw a guy they could get, and they went out and got it. And so maybe that's a sign. I think to come the whole aggressive. Plus, he wanted to come here, right? That's great, Michael. Sure. Can we stop with that narrative, please? <laughs> like, I don't care what the the spin is out of out of Vegas. And I don't care what the sources are saying here that he was going to not be released and he was going to go into camp. I, that, I'm sure someone's saying that. I don't think that, that people made that up. But I'm saying, okay, do the sniff test on this one. And that one stinks. They weren't going to bring in a guy that they're paying that much money to to see him compete for a job. And if he lost the job, which clearly they weren't happy with him, he was probably headed that way anyway, and then release him? No, that, that, that just – like, hey, dude, you're, you're probably going to get released. Um, would you rework your deal? Not for you, but I'll, I'll rework it for someone else. Because, look, let's face it, the money in this, in this free agency, we, well, we know, is way, way down. And you don't want to be someone when the chairs get shuffled a week from now, a week and a half from now, and say, oh, I was a starting left tackle making $18 million a year, and now I have no job, and nobody has any money to pay me, and I'm going to have to go to camp you know, on a $3 million deal with some incentives that can get me to six. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Let me, let me do this and maybe peak out at 11 million bucks. Yes. A lot of people were spinning it as he took a pay cut to come to the Patriots. I looked at it as he took a pay raise to not be on the open market. Bingo. <laughs> to go from, and just to tie up the Raiders thing. So they have a guy they don't really want. I think they've made it quite clear. They don't really want yep. on the books for 14 and change. Um, what happens when he gets hurt in training camp? <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. Like they're going to risk a $14 million. He's we're stuck with this guy. Like yep. that made no sense. But anyway, we can move on. I like the move. I saw Bill's guy, Lewis Riddick tweet out like this little Bill Belichick first move, which I'm very ex- I retweeted it and said simply if, as long as it's one of 20, yeah, go get him, Bill. If this is one of like four and this is like some uncharacteristically aggressive, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, wouldn't you agree that this is, the start of, like you said, one of 20 and not one of four. I hope so. But until I see him do the other 19, I can't just completely buy into and Bill I trust and bow down at the altar and he knows exactly what he's doing. I'm not like Ty Law. Did you hear Ty Law on our station this morning? Like, Bill knows what he's doing. Bill can do whatever he wants to do. Bill's built it from the ground up. Bill this, Bill that. Yes. I don't mean to sound like a fan or a Brady guy, but he did all that with Brady. Yes. He needs oh. to rebuild it without him. Also, I, I love Ty, but it's a little funny because, you know, Bill was a liar, I think, if, I think was the direct quote. I, so, you know, like, now I'm in the Patriots Hall of Fame, and I'm in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I got some businesses around town, and I love Bill. Yeah. All right. Let me give you a little um, – it's a little – well, it won't be breaking when this comes out, but it's a little bit of a breaking NFL network little, little nugget for you. Teams – are calling the Patriots about one Nikhil Harry. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> hey, first-round pick reclamation project. Okay, I, I, I'll buy I, into it. I view that more as a the Patriots would desperately like to move on from said player, give me something of value so it doesn't look like I'm completely eating a first-round pick like Isaiah Wilson and the Tennessee Titans to right. Miami and a seventh-round conditional pick. Like, give me yeah, – how about a four? maybe a five conditionally gets it to a four something like that what about a player first thing i thought of on that was the old bethel johnson jonathan sullivan trade 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was it was a swap of of garbage for garbage, like change of scenery, swapping of first round picks. Sildor said Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. To a little so, bit of a lesser, a different degree, I should say. Yeah, a different situation, but that I would actually like that because I know, okay, it's a draft pick and everybody in the NFL wants draft picks. That's great. I'd rather have something I could talk about or hope. Like if you give me a first round pick right now, not, not the actual pick, I'm talking about the player who was once a first round pick like Nikhil Harry, that's an opportunity for Bill to work his magic. He's a coach and he's great. He can maximize your strengths and minimize your weaknesses and all those things. That's interesting. So will people start to be honest about Nikhil Harry when he leaves? Just, oh, I just thought happy. he was. I thought I read somewhere this week that uh, he would have been better without Cam Newton as his quarterback. Wait, I thought he didn't fit with Brady. So he doesn't fit with Brady. He doesn't fit with Newton. At what point does he look in the mirror and point with thumbs instead of fingers? You know, he he's just an interesting guy too, in the sense that, and again, look, you, some guys when they're in the in the the public eye, they're going to say what they're going to say, and you take it for you know with a grain of salt. But his idea, like I'm not putting any pressure on myself. I don't know whose interview it was. That the Globe that did Globe. that. Yep. Um, Dude, that's not – do you, have you not read the market at all for two years? Do you not understand – like, he's not he, – he's socially media active. He knows what's happening. He knows what people are saying about him. That's not the thing that you want to project. You want to say, you know what? I got to be better. They, they, they invested a first-round pick in me, and I'm, I'm not producing to the level I believe I'm capable of, that they believe I'm capable of. Just put it out there. Put it on the line. And that's something people will say, you know what? Give him one more chance, even right. if internally you go – Dude doesn't separate. He didn't really win jump balls. He doesn't really use his body, even though he's built like a Greek god for positioning. Like, at least say it. Just I, I don't know. It just, just to me that was one of like a, one of those tone deaf things that you say. It kind of tells you a little bit. Like I don't necessarily overread things like that, but this one I did. I'm like that player doesn't get what's happening. But I don't blame him for that. I actually, to me, that felt like bad advice bad coaching bad pr bad agent he's a i think he's a really smart kid like and he should just know in his head like you gave me that advice that advice sucks i'm not going that way but all we've heard is he was broken like he was broken mentally the the footwork king said it to mutt and i one night even the newton quote in that uh uh, battered is that his direct yeah so i actually i think he's broken i think he's like a, the stallion that has been broken. And that's the one hope that I would have for some sort of, whether I'm the Patriots or anybody else, is that he was mentally broken. Like the confidence was just shot. He didn't know whether to look left, turn right in his everyday life, anything. That would be my one. Now, I'm with you. I think even if he gets his head on straight, I still would say, take the ankle weights off. Why aren't you quicker? You, your feet aren't good enough. You're, I go back to it. Dale Arnold made fun of me the second I said it on our freaking radio show, but he he just doesn't look quick. He doesn't look like an NFL receiver in his footwork. And I don't know how you fix that. The footwork King's obviously been trying his best for two years. And I don't know. I don't see beyond the get off the bus guy because he looks great. You're right. Yep. If, he, if you want somebody to get off the bus, Nikhil Harry, line it up. When has well, he let shown me, anything let me give you this? Let me give you this comparison. So if people are familiar with Kenny Galladay as the player, I know they look at the numbers and he's the big high ticket free agent wide receiver. Now that some of these guys have been tagged, he's not a big separator, right? He wins contested catches and he does it everywhere. He does it short. He does it long. Do you realize his numbers through 47 games to the Detroit lions? And that's the number of games he's played with the lions um, because he's had some injuries exactly the same as Megatron Hmm. exactly the same yardage touchdowns this guy is great down the field but he doesn't run past people it's you go up and get it but his Matt Stafford trusted him to go up and get it there is not Tom Brady not Brian Hoyer not Cam Newton nobody trusts this guy to go up and get it I know it's still sort of early in his career but it, it just Seems like a lot's going to have to change with him to be a, for him to be a longtime NFL player and a productive NFL player. Do you want to move on to free agents next week? We do, in case we run out of time. You told me we had an upgraded Zoom, but I'm not so sure. Well, I got it. We'll, we'll, we'll piece it together. This will be a two-parter. We can, I, we, I can figure this out. <laughs> Look at producer, that. For the producer of this podcast, we'll figure it out. Um, so next week, who did, like, 
Do you think that Bill will go after some of these big names that we see available that didn't get tagged yesterday, or do we see more of like a splurge on the tier two and tier three guys? Tier two and tier three. Yeah, and that's where I'm at. And, you know, I, people sort of made fun of the tweet I had, I think, on Monday about, like, the Patriots realize they have a wide receiver and tight end problem. And we all have talked about it, you know, for two years, essentially. Certainly since the Patriots started 8-0 and then finished 4-5 and under Brady, and then we saw it last year. But internally, I don't think that they saw it that way. And I think last year – sort of reinforce the notion that, all right, well, we don't have Tom and we have a quarterback with some limitations and there's just not enough here. We're not, not only are we not um, winning contested catches, guys aren't opening up quickly. Uh, we're not being, we're not able to get down the field. You know, I, I hear all the talk about Demir Bird. Demir Bird's a nice four or a five. He flies. You can maybe use him as a gadget here or there, a little wide receiver screen or something like that. But even him, down the field, he's not winning contested catches. If he doesn't run by you by three yards, he's a, he's a little whippet. He's, a, he's built like a smurf. He, he's easily pushed around. And I think, so internally, I think they look at it and said, we have to get better there. No matter what happens at quarterback, whether it's Cam who comes back or whether it's whatever, whether it's Garoppolo, whether it's Marcus Mariota, whatever the, whatever the flavor ends up being, that we can't be a more explosive offense if we don't upgrade – wide receiver and tight end and tight end maybe to a lesser degree than wide receiver, just because I think they're not totally sure what they have with Asiasi. Although again, I expect them to dabble in that market as well, but they, they have to get better there. Now I was cautioned that it's not necessarily going to be top end. And I guess it depends. Like if Corey Davis gets four years and 65 million, which I've seen some projections to me, that's top end money. Although I don't think he's a top end player, but that's a market I could see them being in because I think they realize we can't have a bunch of threes and fours and fives running around and expect to be a good offense. Well, okay, especially if, if, if Harry's not in the picture, if Edelman's not going to be, you know, back. I don't, to know how you can, I don't know how you can count on Julian. Well, not so then you probably off. do have to spend money at the receiving because that's just what the market is. Yep. So you just said that we've been talking about this for multiple years that the team might be late to the party. That seems alarming to me. Well, I think for starters, I think that last year of Brady, uh, it, you know, for whatever Bill said about everything we did, we did to build around Tom for the last 20 years, they took Tom for granted in that respect, right? I mean, mm -hmm. he can take Philip Dorsett and what was the catch that he had, like 27 targets in a row. Yeah, over 20. Of, yeah, Hannibal like, was big on that. Hannibal was a big – I liked it too. I still think they should have kept him. And I know he ended up with a foot injury, but whatever. Not that that would have made a, a huge exactly. difference. I still think he's better than Demir Bird. But um, point being, I think he elevated that group. And even at the end of 2018, well, he wasn't that happy. And there's some grumbling. And we did try to address it with Antonio. And we did try to address it with Sanu. And, you know, we, we kill Sanu. But he did have whatever, even though it wasn't 10 or 11 catches against the Ravens, moved the chains, not, not a run after catch guy. And then he, he sprained the ankle against the Eagles. And then that was it. You know, mm -hmm. he, he wasn't the same player after that. So I don't know. I think last year they were hoping that Nikhil would get a lot better and he didn't. Enough. So him not getting a lot better and becoming your number two to Julian's number one was a huge impact on what they tried to do. And then, and then look, I, I, the COVID thing and the young players, I, I wrestle with that because I think there's truth to the fact that it was really hard for young players to integrate themselves, but you saw young players in other places integrate themselves. Right. So then I say, is it your system that complicated, which a guy Fourier says it's really not, um, or are these guys just not nearly as talented as you hope they were and therefore they couldn't make the adjustment? The reason I ask is because my Sunday radio partner, your former TV teammate, uh, Gary Tangway, is a bit off the reservation lately. I don't know if you followed him on Twitter. I'm not sure if yes. he's off his meds. He is just absolutely a barrage of tweets yes. attacking Bill Belichick and the future. And I push back on that. But I got to tell you, the way you're talking about the wide receiver position and their sort of um, 
maybe being overly optimistic about what they'd get from Nikhil Harry year two and Julian Edelman year 472 last year um, is alarming to me. Because don't we say Bill Bell, he's always ahead of the curve. He drafts Nate Solder when he doesn't need him yet. He does this. He's a year too early. Sounds like he's a damn year too late in this situation. I think he's been more than a year too late when it comes to wide receiver, right? Ryan, yes. I mean, would you agree? Well, wide receiver and tight end. Yeah, but and tight that, end. That, that's a part of – but I think that's the Brady impact. And that's like, oh, well, Tom will make it work. Tom's so, so accurate that the guy doesn't have to really be open for Tom to put it on him. And, you know, I think that bit him in the ass this year because you're not – look, there's, there's one Tom Brady – there's a few other guys that you have to say, like, we have to game plan for. I think this is why you're seeing the whole league be like, you know what? Our quarterback's pretty good, but we got to find a better one. Because I think now you look at it, it's like it's Rodgers, it's Brady, it's Mahomes, it's – and then what else? Like, so we got we to gotta compete with those guys. I don't know. All right, names. Give us some names. And wide receiver? Yes. I, I think Marvin Jones makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't – I did not hear um, – any pushback from the Marvin Jones, Matt Patricia experience, like I did with the Stafford, maybe, or Kenny Galladay. Like I know a lot of people are thinking about Galladay, and I suppose, look, if you pay Galladay four years, 80 million and 50 guaranteed, he might look the other way and say, I I'm willing to go play in an environment similar to the one that I just came from. Um, but I think Marvin's a guy who's versatile too. I think you can line him up inside. He's been playing more in the slot lately, but he can also line up outside. And he strikes me as that eight, nine million dollar receiver. In There's this a market. sweet spot we've all been talking about. I think Curtis Samuel. Mm. Initially, when Samuel declared as a free agent, I, I was thinking hey, he might be like a twelve million dollar a year player. But I think the more I look at projections for that and talk to people around the league, look, he's not. He's not an elite receiver. He brings a lot of elite qualities to the table, but he's not yet an elite receiver. So maybe he too falls in that four and 34, four and 38, somewhere in that range. And again, I think some of these guys, the prices are going to be kept down a little bit too because of the, the market and, and, and cap. So I think those are two names. And, I, and look, I think, they'll, I think they'll call Emmanuel Sanders. I think that they'll think about John Brown, like who just got cut. Like I, I think, because I think there's a cost value to that. Like it might be a $3 million, $4 million player who's got some skins in the game and still appears to have something left in the tank, you know, not to be your number one, but now all of a sudden, if you talk about adding a Marvin Jones, um, Samuel, Marvin Jones, whatever, Emmanuel Sanders, now all of a sudden your room got a lot better, you know, like maybe it's not elite, but it's not bottom of the league. And they were bottom of the league last year. If they go that road, though, don't you – I mean, that's an older core of receivers still. Sure. And you're kind of – you're kicking the can down the road, as we like to say, with salary cap money. And the other question I would have, not for those guys so much, but is the, the franchise tag – two the two best receivers got franchised, right? Does that actually push the market upward for other guys? Like, whew, I was going to be the fourth receiver. Now I'm two, Right. Doesn't that I know. I think that's a great point. That's why I brought up Corey Davis, because I think Corey Davis – I think there are some traits about Corey Davis that they love. And mm -hmm. I think Corey Davis might, if you shook it all out, might be at the top of their wish list. However, to your point, now does Corey Davis – does Corey Davis's money go stupid, you know, relatively speaking? Because we're talking about someone who's played well two out of four years the Titans didn't pick up the fifth year option. So this year he was motivated to get a contract. So now do you, do you look at that and say, no, no, he matured as a player and this is who he's going to be. Or do you say, this guy's had a little bit of not caring in or not consistent enough. We saw him eat up uh, Stefan Gilmore that one year in Tennessee where he caught like 10 balls on Gilmore and no one was doing that to Gilmore. Like that's sort of the question I think they have to answer internally. Do we want to invest that much money and that kind of player where the consistent he's not been a consistent track record guy he scares which, the hell out of me which is marvin jones has been right he's uh, davis scares the hell out of me he's because i think he on paper on field on looks like you think but as you say well then he should have had a 50-year option picked up like he should yeah. be going in a certain direction and he didn't at just that reeks of the type of move 
that the Patriots have been able to avoid most of the last 20 years because they are not in desperation mode. They're not that team that needs a free agent hit at this spot. And then you get forced into it and you regret it later. Like that, that scares the hell. And it would certainly fill a need. And the, on paper, it's the opposite. Okay, now I got my fifth-year receiver. He should be the core of my offense for the next five years moving forward. Yeah, that would scare the hell out of me. Yeah. Adam, Adam Humphreys, thoughts? Well, I just, yeah, before I get to Humphreys, just real quick on the Davis thing, too. Um, there are people in Tennessee that believe some of the things that the Titans have done, cutting Malcolm Butler, uh, apparently they're walking away from Kenny Vaccaro, which is about another five and a half million in cap savings. That's not only to aid in their pass rush, which is awful, dreadful, 19 sacks last year, but also maybe with an eye of trying to bring Corey Davis back and that Corey, you know, Corey and John who, John Robinson expressed interest in bringing both back, but they're clearly not going to be able to pay both unless they do some crazy bloodletting stuff over there beyond what they've already done. But that maybe that that's an indication that Corey Davis, they're trying to free up more money for Davis. So he might not even get to that point. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how he feels about um, not having his fifth year option picked up, but clearly, you know, he and AJ Brown have had some good success there. That makes me actually feel better about him. If the t- and that's stupid. I, I know I shouldn't be reading tea leaves if I'm making you know tens of millions of dollar investments. But if Vrabel and Robinson are sort of back in on him, at least that means they've kind of seen whatever they've seen over the last couple of years, not to pick up the fifth year option, then the way he handled himself. So they clearly don't think it was a contract year push and that it was some fraudulent investment by him just to get paid. They have a little bit of a hit and miss track record, though. Never mind the Isaiah Wilson thing, which, look, there, there were some concerns coming when they drafted him in the first round about his maturity, and it proved, you know, two COVID violations, DUI, you know, whatever. He hit a million things. They cut bait with him already for a conditional seventh-round pick. But, they, you know, Vic Beasley was their big free agent ad last year. He didn't even – first he didn't show up, and then he did, and he couldn't get on the field. And when we got on the field, they are like, he sucks. He's out. So they – they haven't always they, – they've been a good program and they're a program on the rise, but there have been some pretty vicious swings and misses over there as well. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Corey Davis is the next one or maybe they – to your point, maybe they, they liked his attitude last year and feel like he's worthy of $60 million or whatever it's going to take to get him in. Humphreys, I mean, that's the ultimate buy low. I would just say for Humphreys, I mean, massive concussion issues. Massive. And that hit last year was brutal. Um, so, I, you know, I'm not like he's not made of glass. That hit he took last year was going to concuss anybody, was going to rock anybody. But then he couldn't get back. And then he came back and clearly he wasn't – he still wasn't right. And, they, you know, they sat him down for the rest of the way. So um, there's a lot of risk involved there. I mean, I know you're probably not paying him anything, but I don't – you know, like if you sign Adam Humphreys, people can point to 85 catches or whatever he had with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I would just say, if you got anything from him based on his health history, it would be gravy to me. Okay. So sticking with Tennessee, uh, you mentioned Smith, John o. Smith, the tight end. Is he in the Patriots playbook at all option? Well, I mean, I think Belichick does have a fascination with Hunter Henry. Why? I, I know. Why? I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I heard you on the radio. I think I backed it up with a tweet like of just like he's not he was a few years ago he was trending to be that guy. Mm-hmm. And now the last couple of years he's not that guy. Um I mean he's better than what you have, but it's yeah. 12 million dollars a year. Isn't one of these guys is going to get stupid money? He can't possibly live up to the contract he's going to sign. Uh, yeah, he's I would agree. I would he's agree. And that's why I wouldn't touch him. Well, and especially if they if they like Asiasi, couldn't they be better off getting like a Kyle Rudolph, like a older guy? I, I think Rudolph would make sense. I think Gerald Everett might make sense. You know, not a lot of production there, but I think that's going to keep his cost down some. But yet the tools are there to be, you know, there are tools there clearly that he could be a a better player than he's shown with the Rams and just being on the field more. And the Rams have had obviously a lot of depth at tight end, so you know, I don't know if he just he's on par with those guys. I don't know. I don't know how they view that, but maybe some more opportunity here would help. But I think he's someone that would make sense to me because he's got some experience and I don't think he's going to be making 
Well, he's certainly not going to be making under Henry money, and I don't think he's going to be making John Smith money. Um, I like Smith a lot. I think probably my favorite of that bunch, but Smith did end up in that seven to $8 million range. Um, and I suppose if they sign him at seven to $8 million, then it really tells you all you need to know about what they're expecting from Devin Asiasi going forward. What's more of a, like is tight end like a top priority for them? Like are we talking like top four or do you think they could get by with going? No, I think it's, I think it's up there. I definitely, I mean, I think wide receiver and tight end. Were, I'm saying like, if what if they had like two or three top tier wide receivers, could they afford to slip at tight end and maybe add a, a lower guy? You got them adding three potentially top tier. <laughs> I love your optimism. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I hadn't considered the notion that they would go out and get more than a couple of, you know, mid to upper level wide receivers, you know? So I suppose, I mean, cause then you start to talk about how much money you have left, you know, and again, you can mess with the cap and you know, what are they? 63 million right now. I'm yeah. sure they, I'm sure they could get it to 85 if they wanted to 90, whatever they wanted to, you know, Gilmore, that something's got to happen there. Um, Cannon, I think something's got to happen there. And we haven't even seen the final numbers on Trent. Like, what's Trent's cap hit? Is it going to be $3 million with all these not likely to be earned incentives because he didn't play any games last year? Right. Yeah, and my guess is that'll be much lower than the $11 million that everybody's yeah. been using as a placeholder. Uh, before we kind of keep going on, because I do want to get some trade thoughts out of you. I even warned you this time, so yes, I don't put you on the spot. I know you get very pissy when people ask you questions they're not prepared for. That's the only time that's ever happened. I didn't really think it was that big of a curveball. And I came up with one, like, right away. By the way, which everybody's on my Henry Anderson kick. Henry well, Anderson. First of all, I was on Henry Anderson before you were on Henry Anderson. I've liked Henry Anderson since college. I think he's a really good player. I, like like a I have. Pick me I up remember the tweets. These. I want to find the tweets. Oh, easy. I'll, I'll find you blog entries talking about how he looks like a Patriot from college. All Jack right. Wagon. Um, more importantly, though. I mentioned it earlier, and I'm kind of like, it's in my my landscape of their offseason plan, the David Andrews thing. Because if they lose David Andrews, I don't feel as great about the line. Now, I threw out there the idea, maybe because you mentioned, I think, when you were on with us on Dale and Keith, maybe David Andrews gets some love from Miami. And that would certainly make it available where Ted Karras could come back as a free agent. Do you think David Andrews, there's a legitimate shot between now and next week we we get word that he's back or is that is he testing free agency does he want to see what kind of money is out there I, I i think he his first and second and third priorities are to be back in new england but i don't know that he's going to actually you know take it in the ear hole to come back i think you know like look he, he's he's proved himself when he's on the field that he's a top 10 center and what a top 10 centers get paid ten nine ten eleven million dollars so i think he would like something in that in that ballpark. So, so you see it, it playing out like Bill's done in the past with like Hightower and McCordy, like go see what you're worth, come back to me, and then I'll see where, where we stand. I think if they are um, – I think if they're smart, they take care of it before then. Yes. Because I think, they may, I think they may find that there's some more value in him than they think there is, including I think perhaps in Miami. Um, you know, and I don't mind the Ted Karras as the as the backup plan at center if that if it comes to that. But I think he did see, to some degree, he's exposed a little bit. Yeah, he's he's not he doesn't move great in space. Well, I yeah. thought he was better actually last year in Miami than I expected him to do. He was. As a he, he, was. he was. I think the, the the consistent play at that position and being ready for that position helped him. But I don't, I don't know that he's on David's level, and I, but I don't know what you know. Again, what's the cost? What's right. the cost balance there? If you look at Ted Karras at $5 million a season versus Andrews at nine and a half and say, yeah, it's, there's a gap between the players, but it's not that wide, and we're better off spending five than, than nine and a half. I, I don't know. I don't know how that's – the leadership thing. Like, I've realized they have four captains that are free agents. Yeah. And I, I think a wise man on the radio said yesterday something about – he brings value that the Patriots value or something like that. I kind of, I forget the line, but it was, that was good, huh? That was good. Yeah, it was good. It, it, it totally, it totally made sense to me in that regard that, that there is extra there and they paid extra for Devin. They paid extra for Slater. They paid extra for um, 
Chung. I mean, there are guys that Bill believes in and believes are good program guys that he has spent more money on. The flip side of that is I think sometimes they overplay their hand of leverage. And as you said, I, I think they know that David Andrews wants to be back. I think, and sometimes when they know that, I feel like they try to take advantage of the situation to squeeze a couple million dollars you. out. Um, so, I, I mean, I, that's business. That's fine. Like, I don't necessarily hate on them for that. But I think sometimes in the past, they've overplayed that hand and it has bit them in the ass. And I don't know. I just, if I were putting together an offseason plan, $10 million for David Andrews for everything he brings to the table, that would be in my, my like top of the list to get done. Cause I don't think it's that hard. Does 10 million break your bank? Like I, I just don't really see it as an investment you'd regret later for what Ryan said, everything. Like I can't get the image out of my head of the jets game and him picking everybody up. Like Gunner made a catch on the sidelines and he's like picking him up. Like, I'm sorry if we're going to, I'm not going to say the word I was going to say, but praise Cam Newton for yeah. like everything he brings and the nicknames and then this and the that then I'm going to praise David Andrews for all the things I think he brings. And I think we should invest in that would be the way right, I'm, going to, I'm going to interrupt here because we're going to take a little break and we're going to come back and we're, we're going to talk about commercial. Yeah. We're going to talk about trades and uh, the commercial break. Mike Giardi <laughs> and NFL network. Um, we, we tease off the top some potential trades that could potentially be coming. And you told Giardi to have some names ready to go. So who are those names? Jimmy Garoppolo. No. And I made this point earlier about the depth that they've now built up and some of the moving parts they have on offensive line. San Francisco could use some help, maybe, maybe even a lot of help, depending on what happens with Trent Williams, because I know whatever. Maybe Trent's coming back. Maybe he's not. I keep reading different things about it. Um, I don't know why the Colts wouldn't go out and give him a bag of money and just have him be their left tackle as they try to win now. But anyway, point being, they might need another body. Isaiah Wynn would be someone who might be able to fit and give them some positional versatility. They'd like their linemen to be able to move there a little bit. When Wynn is healthy, he can move. So I don't know. Maybe that, that in a draft pick is what brings home Garoppolo should he be made available, which as of right now, he has not been made available. So we've sort of presumed, Ryan and I, when we've talked about Jimmy for a long time, that he would be sort of the second part of a – package of moves for the 49ers do you believe would they have to get Sam Darnold or Deshaun Watson or somebody first or do you think they could just trade Jimmy no I think they want someone in place before then and I don't I know that they like Zach Wilson in the draft but I don't think they're getting to two I I mean I think it's pretty clear that that's at least seems like what what the Jets are doing and they've been telegraphing it for a while um so you know, then Darnold is interesting to me because the, I, I don't know if you guys saw that fifth year option, if they pick it up on him is 18, which is now, I guess, performance games played based. Right. Right. So he's basically on the hook for two years and 23 million, which is, or 22 million or whatever it is. That's not a lot of money for someone who was picked three overall. If you believe that he can reach that potential. And while I like him, there's not a ton of evidence that says he's a good player right now. And I think that's a pretty big roll of the dice by Shanahan, who by all accounts um, believes that his offense is the star and that he can make anybody work. But I think if you look at what happened with Mullins and Bethard, when Tom, when Tom, when Jimmy wasn't in there this year, that got pretty well exposed. So I don't know. And, and, and look, I think that, I think another part of this equation that we haven't talked about is, what about him just redoing his money for them? Like they're a team that they're a team that should be good next year. Um, you know, they lost a lot of guys to injuries, including him. Um, those guys are expected to be back and ready to go at the start of the season. Um, wh- why not just say, hey, yeah, but what does he owe to them? Like, shouldn't, yeah. like they've kind of yeah. like, look what they've tried to, to get Tom last year. They haven't really stuck by him. So why is he going to do them any good? I'm just, I'm just saying, I wonder, because I, I think he... You wonder? Yes. <laughs> I believe he likes his teammates out there and would like to make it work. But his coach um, sucks. Yeah, his coach doesn't believe in him. Maybe you prove him wrong. Maybe you say, let's redo this deal for one year. Oh, I'm happy to prove him wrong. I'm not proving him wrong by giving up money. I don't know. Look, I'm just throwing out possible scenarios. You're, not, you're full of sugar. <laughs> and I think the other thing that's interesting to me is that 
So Chicago is supposedly big game hunting, right? Deshaun yep. Watson, Russell Wilson. Well, if you start to look at what they have available to trade, they don't have a lot to trade. Yeah, you right. could throw Khalil Mack into a deal um, if that's what you desire, but they don't have the quarterback option to trade. I think when the dust settles on that and Russell stays in Seattle for one more year, and I don't know what the hell happens with Deshaun. I really don't. Um, who's to say Garoppolo is not an option there? Right. An upgrade over, upgrade over what they have. Um, for three coach, games. A coach and a GM trying to win and save their jobs. The guy has won when he's been out there. You, you know, you franchise Robinson, you keep Robinson for a year, and you go all in and try to win. Well, all in. You, you try to upgrade that position, and he would be an upgrade. Quick aside, I don't think you're doing your job properly as a Jimmy uh, water carrier. Um, and I've brought I brought this up. I heard this complaint. Like, don't you think he needs to get that out there a little bit? Like, I feel like he has been absolutely raked over the coals in San Francisco and from coast to NFL coast. And you don't get any pushback, stories, anything about, well, he tried to get back on the field last year. Like, am I wrong on this? Like, yeah, he's not. Um, I, I don't know if it's because of what the point of he is in his career or what, but he's never been that guy. Like, even when you go back to his deflategate starts for Brady and then the shoulder, and then you have Felger going bananas on him. And am I allowed no. to say that? Yeah, yeah, sure. He didn't. They, they crushed him on the other side. I, I think the only person he spoke to on his side was me. Right. I think he just looks at it like it doesn't really matter. Fans can have the view and perception that they want of it. I know what I'm doing. My teammates know what I'm doing. My team knows what I tried to do. Um, I mean, you, yeah, I think it was Juszczyk maybe who said it. He's like, you guys notice, like, he's not on social media. I mean, he has accounts, but he doesn't. If Only he when he gets like, it's like an ad. Like, yeah, it's just like it's not, it's just not his nature. He just he, – he is right now pure tunnel vision. He's spending time but, with his family, and he's, and he's practicing. And he's getting, wasn't the guy on our station this weekend, the radio host out there, said 70% of 49ers fans want him gone. I saw that. Like, shouldn't that concern him too? I would say be careful what you wish for mm. because if you trade for Sam Darnold – who, by the way, like, I know he hasn't been as hurt as much as Jimmy, but he's missed a fair amount of games, too. It's not like you're taking the you're, – you're, you're bringing in this guy who not only is this high pick, high prospect, but has also been durable as hell. He hasn't been. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I, look, Kyle is an interesting cat out there. So, that – I mean, that would answer part of the question, by the way, that why Bill loves Jimmy Garoppolo or likes Jimmy Garoppolo, where they see eye to eye, the don't give a bleep meter, right? Like – I'm going to well, do what I need to do. I'm going to do my work, and that's what will be enough. I mean, do you guys remember the story when, when they brought him in for his draft interview? They brought him in with Manziel. And part of the reason they brought him in with Manziel was they wanted to sort of gauge, is he phased by the circus and the personality that Manziel brings to the table? Because obviously, if we draft him, he is going to be in the same room with Tom Brady. Penny Handel being in the same room with Tom Brady. And, you know, I know there were some complaints about maybe some of his practice uh, work, maybe in that, I don't even remember, was that the third or the fourth year where people, where Zolak thought he just gave up? Yes. Um, yeah. The last, I think before, he, before he was traded. They, they were, they, they loved that he's nonplussed by any of that stuff. So, I mean, the, what, relating to timing, like, like you said, the 49ers need to have someone in place. So what do the Patriots do next week? It's a great question. Like nothing? Because isn't that – Do you have a great yourself answer? in a situation that you are in last year? I think they, they – There's audio. You can't just sit there and shake your head. I'm thinking of how I want to phrase the answer. Jesus. Excuse me. Sometimes you don't just shoot from the hip there, uh, Jesus. I always do. <laughs> if you guys could see him on the Zoom right now, he's, he's, he's got his back to the window. So the window, there's like gleams of light and glow and a halo. And he's got the beard, and it just—he's yeah—he's our—he's uh, our podcast Jesus over here. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a good question. I—I—I th- I, I don't know how you can put all your eggs in that basket if you're the Patriots, not knowing whether or not he's going to come free, unless 
you've already had conversations with San Francisco and they said, we're going to get player X or player Y. And when we do, then we're going to call you and you make the deal for Jimmy. Or stick with me here. I wrote it this week on the website. It wasn't overly popular. The best plan for the Patriots at quarterback is to ignore the effing quarterback position because you're not getting anything good. Don't worry about it. You're going to, Whoever falls in your lap, you'll, that's your reality, unfortunately. So worry about everything else. Get your offensive line. Work trades for tight ends. Sign wide receivers. Get a pass rusher. And you're not – I mean, if you're aggressive and still get just a run-of-the-mill jag QB, I mean, I guess that's a PR side to it. Like, oh, look, Bill must love this guy. They went out and got a quarterback. Doesn't make the actual player any better. So screw the positioning. Make every other position better. Well, the piece I wrote for NFL.com about the Patriots quarterback conundrum, I tried to present a balanced approach to that, talking to a bunch of the players, but also talking to a bunch of people within the building about chicken or the egg. Did your pass offense suck because the quarterback wasn't any good? Or did your pass offense suck because your receivers weren't any good? Or what's the percentage and what's the balance? And I just tried to present you know, sort of a thorough look at how not only they view it inside, but how the players viewed it as well. And I would say I came away from that feeling like if we improve at wide receiver and tight end, then we are a winning football team last year if we had better talent. Now, what's the ceiling on Cam as a quarterback and how far does that go? Does a winning football team mean nine and seven? Does that mean 11 and five? Are you a playoff team? Can you win a playoff game? Can you go to the AFC title game? I don't know that they necessarily – I would say some people don't – aren't sure what the ceiling is with Cam. Some are more like it's just not going to – that's what it is, and it's not going to be much better. And if we put with better players, yeah, we're a better team. We'll win more games, but we're not a contender. But- and I think – and I think – I don't know if we've – if we did this in the text chain with the three of us at one point – I'm sort of with you on this, that I think there are, what's your motivation? The motivation should be to win titles, right? And you just saw Brady go somewhere else and win a championship, which again, has got to stick in everybody's craw. What are you going to be able to do this off season that puts you in that spot or a contender for that spot next year at quarterback? I don't think that there is a good answer. I, I don't even think if you had if you had the number one pick and you got Trevor Lawrence with all that you have around him, if somehow you would manage to – like, I don't think that makes you right. it does. a real contender. I think you're still away. So I've been more of the approach that you're thinking, like, yeah, do I, do I have the appetite to watch Cam do what he did last year again? Not really. I'd like to see a quarterback who can throw for 400 if you need to. Um, he threw for 350 in Houston. <laughs> I, I know. And he did it against Seattle too. Um, but yeah. my question is you just posed what's, you know, maybe there's a debate as to what the ceiling is with Cam Newton. I almost don't care. As long as last year was the floor, as long as last year was the floor, we're going to be better because we're going to be better everywhere else. And my That's guess they, is that is, I think there's no question. That is what they believe. Like, I don't want to – we can talk about what they think the ceiling is of Cam, but I'm saying that's why I identify – and I tweeted out the wide receiver tight end. They realize they have a problem because they feel like if we get better there, even if we had Cam of this year, we're winning more games. Right. Now, if Cam gets better because he's not got the COVID and he's the second year in a system and he actually gets to go through the offseason stuff, um, even if some of that's going to be virtual again – that they're in a much better place and he'll be a little bit quicker to pull the trigger than he was at times last year. Um, yeah, I, that's why I can't, I, I know I said on the, on the radio show a few weeks ago, 35 to 40%. I put his return at like 50%. I, I would too. I would and too. I, I kind of buy into it. And, the, and I know full well that anybody who's listening, feel free to go back and read my columns in the midst of the misery that was the season. And I was all done with him and I didn't want to see him anymore. Yep. But the more I think about it or parenthetical overthink about it, I buy into a lot of sort of the reasoning. And I would say this, just because Cam Newton's back this year doesn't mean he's back in 2022, right? right. Like right. I can say improve the rest of the team 
I believe the floor for Cam Newton was a year ago. Oh, by the way, in that floor, we won seven games. So if he's marginally better, the team's better, let's just say we don't make the playoffs again. Let's say we go 10-6 and but miss the playoffs. I'm looking for a quarterback. I'm a better team. And maybe I've now gotten off the list of no one wants to go there. Not even dogs want to play for Bill Belichick. (laughs) He's trying to – again, you can't see it on the Zoom, but Hannibal's dog is – Going bananas. Is it a bitch? Continue. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm with you, Andy. I I do like again, my personal appetite for it, pretty much zero. But I'm not the one making the decisions. Um, and I think if you look at the roster and spots where they age, and you know, the narrative is they've had five bad drafts, and I don't think that that's fair, but there were a couple in there clearly that were hot garbage and that you, you've been exposed because of some of that, that this is an opportunity to build up elsewhere and don't settle for a guy. Find the guy. And if the guy is not here in this free agency draft class or you can't go up and get him in the draft class, then you stand pat, you get everything else better, you come back next year with Cam Stidham. You want to bring in a, like a Jacoby Brissett? Well, I, I don't even know. Like, what's yeah. Jacoby going to cost? My, maybe $5 million? If If you could bring in someone like Jacoby to compete and maybe get better there, then, then do that. But, again, realize it's not the long-term plan. The only thing I would say about that is, is now, to your point about kicking the can down the road with all the receivers, you're kicking the can down the road again with the most important position in pro sports. You, I mean, then what's the plan next year? What if that, well, you could get a guy in the second round in the draft. Or, or you get the guy that you didn't think was available that's suddenly available that you like. And I don't have the answer. Ryan and I have talked about this. And Are you I talking from a veteran standpoint or from a draft standpoint? Uh, either or. He's talking like anything. Like, Any, like I said this, Ryan, when we talked about this, we, you joked or we kind of joked about what does Bill say when Robert says, you know, what's the plan? And Bill describes this whole plan. We're going to make the whole roster better. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then Robert goes – uh, you didn't mention the quarterback in that plan. <laughs> yeah, Robert, I know. I don't really have an answer for that right now, but I feel like the best the, – I, I firmly believe that the one thing worse than not having the answer at quarterback is having the wrong answer, like investing in the wrong answer. So I wouldn't invest if I thought it was the wrong answer this year. Like the guy I use as an example, now he's off the board, was Dak Prescott. Say they had just franchised him, then they go their separate ways, he becomes the Kirk Cousins, he's – Maybe that's a guy that goes, wow, New England, they added a bunch of young weapons. They did this. And I don't know who that guy – Aaron Rodgers. Right. Isn't there a chance one of these years Aaron Rodgers is legitimately just, I'm done here. I've done all I can. I want to finish the last three years somewhere else. Make it so you're not on the list of teams that these – whoever the guy is doesn't want to go to. Right? Matthew Stafford. No, nah, I don't want to go there. Hunter Henry. Tight ends don't even want to go there. You don't have a quarterback. You don't, you're not going to win. Make yourself so you might be on the list of places where people would actually look at it and say, yeah, I'll go there and finish the job. I can be the guy that puts you over the top. So I like that plan. I like that we've come to some sort. I feel like this was like a meeting of the minds and we came to a nice agreement here. I like it. I like it too. And And I would say then in this draft, I would throw a dart, but I would not throw a dart in the second round. I would throw a dart third round and beyond. I would use one of those comp picks. You know, I, I know yeah, Kellen yeah. Mon is all of a sudden a hot name and he's rising yeah. up, but then we'll see. We, you, Jake Fromm was rising and then he ended up in the sixth round. Like things shake out and people right. get, we, we need something to talk about basically is what happens. And these guys go ebb and flow, but I, I don't want you to sit there at 15 and Mac Jones is the fifth quarterback no. and he's there. And you look at Mac Jones and say, I like him. I don't love him. I, you know, and again, I don't know what their internal view is. Like Charlie Weiss is beating the drum, but, you know, I don't know if Charlie and Bill are on the hotline talking about Mac, Mac Jones and what Mac Jones is and what he's projecting to be. I, I don't think you do that either because, I mean, to me, you're looking for an elite player at that position. I mean, if you think he's elite, then go for it. But don't convince yourself. or That talk goes to what, what Andy's point is. You don't want to get the wrong guy. You're better off oh. having no guy. Well, I mean, look at, look at the Browns. The Browns are going to be in a spot where you're going to pick up Baker Mayfield. Is Baker Mayfield the guy? Baker Mayfield was good as a rookie, although he put up some big numbers against bad opponents late in the year. Terrible in year two. 
year three, new coach, new system, system built entirely around him to highlight what he does well, which is good coaching, and to try to take away some of the things that he doesn't do well. Again, as we talk about Belichick doing that all the time. What do they do well? Let's do a ton of that. But is he the guy that they can take his game to the next level and carry you in moments when you need to be carried? And I don't know that he's that guy. And I think Cleveland's going to be in a spot where they say, I guess we're going to pay him. You know, like if I'm the Ravens, I'm a little scared about giving Lamar Jackson $300 million because he's electric. He's done some amazing things in this league. I don't know that he sits there in the pocket and beats you from the pocket. And that's what you're going to have to do at some point. I just, he hasn't, he hasn't done that yet. He's done yeah. it in regular season games. He hasn't done it in, in playoff games. So like, that's a big one to swallow. Now, if I'm the bills and I see what Josh Allen, the, the way he developed, fine, man, you, here's 400. Right. If we got it wrong, I'd be surprised. And what were we supposed to do? You, you proved that you could be the guy. We're going to pay you like you're the guy. And if it falls apart, it falls apart. So we got a little bit off the rails here. I want to pull it back on like Nick Cattles would on my old Saturday show. Nice. Um, more trades. Yeah, so you brought yeah, up exactly. Jimmy. Give me some, give me, give me a wide receiver. Cause we started with trades. We know Bill likes to trade maybe as much as anybody in the national football league. We just had the Trent Brown trade. Give me a wide receiver and a tight end. He could trade for go. Odell Beckham. What? Odell Beckham. This thing on? Why'd you say yeah. Odell Beckham? What he said? Trades he, for the Patriots. Is this two years ago? Well, see, this is the precise time that Bill likes to do these sorts of things. Diminished what? asset. They paid him a lot of guaranteed money up front already. Yep. He's he's got to prove it now. Like my team did really well without me last year. They went and pushed the Chiefs in the playoffs. Like he's to me one of those guys that. Bill might say, we could get Odell Beckham for a four or one of our comp picks in the third round. Okay. Like, we're not going crazy in free agency or we, 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 we targeted player X in free agency and he, his money is, you know, Corey Davis, perfect example. Like, yeah. uh, you know what, we like Corey Davis at $12 million, but we don't like him at 15 You know he's pretty good when he's healthy? Odell. I know he's a bit of a handful, but – a lot of guaranteed money paid his way already. Let's take a let's take a shot at that. That that to me is a a quintessential Belichick like maneuver um, to make a deal and like he, that. He was working out with Cam, right? I was yeah. just gonna say I, you can make that connection too. Now the one problem I have with that is he he likes Cam. They're in the same circles, I think, kind of of whatever modern stardom, whatever. How would that work in, say, October when yes. he's been targeted 40 times, but he has like 11 catches because it's been a shit show? Well, and I think that's another intriguing aspect to Cam, right? Because I think for as much as people in New England want Jimmy to be the quarterback or, you know, we've all settled on that sort of like that makes the most sense. I think Cam carries more sway than Jimmy does. Yes. Definitely. But to your – but I think Odell's one of those guys. Let's say, look, again, you're buying – you're buying a, a depreciated asset who comes with baggage. Yeah. It's Randy, it's he'll Randy be Moss. having a hissy fit. He'll be having a right. hissy it's, fit. But it's, Ran, it's, Ran, it's Randy Moss. You just don't have Tom Brady as yes, your quarterback. Yes, that's the problem. I, yeah. But I'm, I'm just telling you, I think that's one of those things that I think there are a lot of – when you put together the puzzle, there are a lot of pieces that fit there for what Belichick likes to do, how that position's getting paid. Uh, how it's going to get paid in free agency, at least at the top end of the market. Um, that's okay. one. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm, I'm, you sold me. It will blow up in their faces, but it'll be fun for July, August, September, October. I know what I'm buying my son for Christmas. It'll be an Odell Beckham jersey. <laughs> Why would picture. you do? You better get the one with the, the, the jersey insurance. Oh, yeah. Right. right. American Express. Does that thing, right? No, American um, Express now. If you buy a jersey with American Express, they the whole the credit card company has jersey replacement insurance so yes the Odell I would buy in with that because he'll be gone by the trade deadline yeah I always struggle with that Hannibal will get there one day but I, I always struggle with that like when you're picking your kid his jersey and like he'll be like I like so-and-so and you're like yeah that guy's a real big one and I'm not buying that jersey and then you're looking <laughs> at like I, like to well, poop on I don't people. want to buy him a jersey that you know like in six months, months. Not playing there. like he loved he loved Amendola 
And every offseason, I'm like, he's going to get cut. I'm not buying right. him an Amendola jersey. Like, I just kind of wouldn't do it. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. Uh, I did make the mistake, though, of I think maybe the first jersey I bought him was Antonio Brown, Pittsburgh. I mean, we're talking like six, seven years ago. So this oh. is before he like oh, completely right. went off the reservation. I'm like, ah, oh, the guy's a baller. He works hard. You know, like he's got this megawatt smile. Everybody loves him. And they did six years ago. Right. He's got six yeah, didn't age well. Didn't age well at all. Any other okay. names? Tight end trade. Zach so, no, I, I went I went through the list. I, I don't I don't see anybody. I mean, I don't see anybody. I think your best bet with free agency for tight ends. Well, what do you want me to do? I'm not going to just pick a name out of the hat. Right. And it, to be fair, you brought some to the table with OBJ, so yes. I get to go easy with that. And I, and I would say the other name, if I'm going to stick on the trade thing, is I would pay attention to Allen Robinson. And again, that's top of the market money, and I don't know that they want to dabble in that, and that's a one-year deal. But again, depending on how things shake out, depending on where your money goes, depending on what happens with Chicago's wide receiver situation, quarterback situation, how that relationship is because that relationship between the bears and Robinson is weird. That's one I'd monitor. And I wouldn't make that deal for one year. I would say like, look, if we're trading for him, I want a window to, 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 to negotiate a, a longer term deal and obviously lessen the $18 million hit, or mm-hmm. maybe you front load it even more depending on what you spend in free agency. Right. But I would just keep an eye on that one. Don't those two things go against what we think the Patriots are all about is not throwing this big money? Like, is, wouldn't that be going against what they've always done? It would be, but I think he is the most transformative receiver in the class, and I don't even think it's close. Like, I like Galladay, but he's durable. He's, I think he's a stud. I think he's one of the five best receivers in the league. So I agree. And he's and done he's it with 20, bad And what is he, 27? Right. He still, in theory, has four or five, uh, yeah, four years. Let's call four really good years left in him. So if you're going to spend money, you know, Corey Davis, inconsistent, I'm going to spend how much on him versus you know, $14 million a year on him, $50 million a year on him, or, or $18 million a year on Allen Robinson. Again, a little bit different than what they've done at that position. He tends to not pay those guys out there, but like, I think they, they realize there is a – gap between them and everyone else when it comes to that position and maybe it's time that you have to start paying those people something okay so before we let you go because i assume we're wrapping this up ryan am i stepping on the host toes okay um next time we ask you to be on here whether you know 10 days two weeks from now because you have brought up jimmy garoppolo trade alan robinson trade hunter henry signing uh, obj trade will patriots fans be feeling good, riding high, satiated, or are they going to be a little bit, nah, what are we doing? Unhappy, no. what's going on, what's the We're going to be the ones that are going, what are they doing? Patriot fans will be happy because they're going to spend some of their money. And even if they spend it on five, five million dollar a year guys, they're going to be like, oh, you know, we're building up the, 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 the middle tier, the middle class. That's what Bill always does. Like, it's, this is, this is, this is why we play chess and they play checkers. Yeah. Like, you know that's how it works. Yeah, there is an irritated portion of the fan base because of the Brady thing, and they're going to remain irritated because Brady's not coming back. But I think, by and large, the fan base can be assuaged with that sort of signing. And if you sprinkle in, heaven forbid you sprinkle in a, a $12 million receiver or a $12 million tight end, they're going to be like, here we go, 11-5. and five. The Bills, we don't care. We're going to the playoffs. Like, I think that's – I think we'll be disappointed. I don't think the fans generally will be. Do you think – I don't be think a- any of those four names that I mentioned are going to be here in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that well, there'll be a quarterback in New England by, like, a week from now? Jared Stidham. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I would knew, bet it. A I new would quarterback. I would um, – A new quarterback not named Newton? Jacoby Brissett, maybe. Ugh. I have no interest in him. What do you think Newton's even worth? I say you base him at what he what he would have made last year with all the incentives at like seven and a half. Yeah. And then maybe give him incentives again to kick it up. Like, hey, if you play really well, you're 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 in a fifteen million dollar range. I mean, like you said, he's rich. You don't need it. True. And what who else is competing for him? You know, like could he end up with the Bears? 
if the Bears quarterback situation doesn't shake out, they're not giving him any real money. Could right. he end up in Washington? I, don't, I, I know people are making that connection. I think Ron Rivera kind of told you how he felt about Cam when they let him walk yes. away. You know, like, so I don't know. I, I, um, I guess Minshew, which, whose name, by the way, I've brought up to people around the league, and his name isn't out there yet. So I don't know if that's a <laughs> – yeah, nice, nice face, Andy. I don't know if that's a um, – Signs the New England thing, you know, that, that, that we've, you know, you're looking at other people's rosters and saying, you know, Minshew's the guy, but I mean, I guess at that cost, it's better than Stidham because um, he has experience, but what's the, what's the ultimate plus side of that? You know, what is he, how much better are you with him? The backup. Yeah, probably. All right. You, there's, there's value in having a backup that's played and, and is competent. I mean, he wouldn't go in there. If you don't have a starter, then he's not a backup. Correct. A backup needs somebody to back up. It's literally the name of the job. All right. I'll put, so I'll put, it, I'll put a percentage on you guys to splash it. I, I say – so we're saying a week from today, do they yep. have a new quarter, another new quarterback in the room? No. Zero percent. Zero percent. Zero percent? In a week? A week from today? What's today? Yeah. Okay, free is he open. It's a legal tampering period to be right. over. Who's going to sign – who's signing Jacoby Brissett on, on day one, two, or three? Not me. Right. Not me, but you could, could see a run. Minshew on day one, two, or three. You could see a run on quarterbacks, don't you, though? No, I think this quarterback no? group is so putrid that, th- that some of these guys are going to be sitting there for a while. Which would be a good Thank thing you. for the Patriots. Well, I mean, you put you in the same spot last year where you're just sort of like, oh, well, there's, f- there's five guys out there that played in the league. Right. And played games, started. But we think you have choices. Right? Wait, good choices? What did you say? I said at least you have choices. You know, I mean, you're at a low-level buffet where the food's really not all that good on any of the, 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 the options, but at least there's options. Yeah, right. that's, not, that's not great, but that's what, I think that's what it's going to look like. I like it. The Mitchell right. Trubisky's and, and so forth. Well, you brought something to the table. You got OBJ. You actually had names, so thank you. Why do I not bring something to the table? On the radio. Uh, it was that radio. No, I, I brought it to the table. You just asked me one question I didn't have an answer for. That's all. All right. Who, you, uh, who are they trading for? You guys, see, that's the thing. You guys just had me on. I didn't even put it to you. Who are you well, trading for? You're the, you're the national expert. You're the guest. You don't have a podcast. You used to, and you got fired from that one. <laughs> Did not get fired? You're not on it anymore. No, I'm not. He does it with, he does it with Dan O'Brien Kia guy, that stupid commercial. Yes, I know. I don't get that at all, but whatever. All right. Well, all right, I got to go. Good all right, thank, thanks for joining us. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be back next week. Excellent.